everyone. Welcome back to our podcast. My name is Brianna and I'm back with Lauren and Michelle. This week we will be discussing social media and education. We're going to start off by mentioning our three resources, Tang and Hughes using Twitter for education, the Megan Mallon podcast, and we also have an additional article twittering about learning using Twitter in an elementary school classroom. To start, I wanted to look at Tang and Hughes using Twitter for education article and speak about my own experience with Twitter. Personally, I have never used Twitter besides this semester. How about you, Lauren? Um, for me, before this semester, I did have a Twitter account. Um, I didn't use it as much. Uh, I just mainly went on there to look at like sports score reports or stuff like that. I never personally tweeted or anything like that until, um, you know, this semester where we had to create a Twitter to use for the assignments and stuff. But I did create a separate Twitter account for this class specifically um, because I didn't want my previous account and the stuff for this class to be mixed together. Um, how about you, Michelle? Um, I'm on the same boat as you, Lauren. I created a Twitter account in like early high school when it was popping and I didn't use it at all mainly for like a month straight and it was mainly used for you know retweeting what my friends posted and I didn't even contribute to anything really um so when I saw that we had to do a twitter for this class I knew I could re you know create my password because obviously I don't remember it from back then but I wanted to create that boundary between like my social life and my academic life so I created a new account for that reason in particular. I definitely agree, Michelle. I mean, I could think way back to when I did have a Twitter. I just never really used it. But I do see the benefit in separating our personal tweets from our more professional tweets that we are tweeting um, in class. I think the interactions that we can get with each other on Twitter is really great. Um, I also think that the connections that we can make to the content that we're learning in class is also good because you can find things on Twitter or the inner just the internet in general that relate to the topics that we're discussing and then you can tweet those ideas for you know the other classmates to see and then you guys are now interacting with each other about what was being posted so I think it's a good way to get you know the peer-to-peer um, connections and also the content connection as well. I agree with you there with the um, communication and collaboration and connecting with your peers. Um, I recently read an article <clears throat> where a teacher had the, her art students search trending artists and works and exhibitions on Twitter and use that as like an outlet to further their education and learn about you know, recent, current, modern works of art and artists. But for me personally, in this class, I am not the biggest fan of Twitter. I think it's, you know, time consuming and I forget about it all the time. And it's just an addition to my workload that I'm not really ready for, per se. And it made me think about what um, Megan said in the Megan Mallon podcast, she mentions how um, grown-up students, like college students, are more resistant to new technology now than younger students are today. 
So maybe that's why I feel like I'm not really connected to Twitter and I don't really want to do that kind of assignment, but, or maybe it's just me personally. Yeah, I'm definitely on the fence with this one. Some people upload really great resources that they find online and we could talk just a bit more casually there. But for me personally, um, yes, it increases workload. And, you know, I think it could also be a bit of a distraction. I somehow find tweets from the most random people that land up on my feed. Um, but I know, Lauren, you mentioned that you can filter that out by using the classes hashtag, right? Yeah. So for me personally, when I'm on Twitter for this class, I do find a lot of unnecessary and just like random tweets. And in order to see what my peers are posting, I just search the hashtag that we use for this class and it just filters all of the tweets for our class. And to add on to what you guys said about distraction, I find when I do go on Twitter um, to tweet for this class, I do get distracted because then I start scrolling and looking at unnecessary things. And then now I'm like 10, 15 minutes in and I'm like, okay, back to what I was doing because now I'm completely off task. So it definitely is a big distraction for me. Yes, I agree. Um, and then something else that I find that I'm running into is the character limit. I always find that maybe my thoughts are just a little too long and I then have to shorten what I'm trying to say. Um, do you guys run into a similar issue? I definitely um, run into that same issue. I'm constantly having to um, shorten my tweets or change what I am trying to say or something because I'm running, like I ran out of the character limit. Um, I don't know why I, I want to have such long thoughts. You think they would be a little shorter, but they're not. And I don't like personally, you know, putting the thread of them, like, you know, one out of three, two out of three, three out of three, because then I feel like people just won't read it because it's just too much. Like you're not supposed to be on Twitter to post paragraphs. So I definitely find that. And it really bothers me when I have to reword what I'm trying to say. I agree. That happens to me all the time and like you use a word and then you have to find a word that matches that's shorter and like you said about going on a thread with it I think one of our peers last week did that and it was kind of confusing because I saw one of them and then I had to scroll to find the other uh, maybe that's just how I was looking at the thread maybe I was doing it incorrectly but I thought it was a little confusing that aspect of it I can agree with both of you I find that when I'm looking on Twitter, I want to see like the shortest tweet possible. But when I'm making my own tweets, I don't know. They're always so long. And what's interesting is in our additional source this week, Twittering about learning using Twitter in an elementary school classroom, Jeff Kurtz says, once we typed the message, it was then time to edit and revise so that the tweet would fall into the range of 140 or fewer characters. I love that character limit feature for teaching. It provides a real and powerful way and need to teach word choice, ideas, and punctuation. What do you guys feel about that? Um, I personally find that pretty interesting that he enjoys or he likes the character limit. You know, you, you would usually think the opposite, especially if he's in the classroom with it, but I can see how he thinks it's a good 
limit to have, and it makes the students really think about how to be concise with what they're trying to say. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I thought it was strange as well as a professor, you usually think they would want you to elaborate and share as much of your opinions as you can. But uh, like Lauren mentioned, making things concise is a, a benefit and I guess mainly what Twitter might be used for. I noticed that in Tang and Hughes article, they state research by Cassins Noor, 2012. And this research suggests that some participants complain that this short message restricts in-depth thinking, as well as causes misunderstanding between people, which I personally agree with. It would definitely, um, well, it does definitely stop me from coming up with more elaborate posts. And I, like I said earlier, have to shorten my thoughts a bit. Um, yeah, so that's what I run into when I'm tweeting each week. I have one question for you both. Do you think, you know, as future teachers, um, would you use Twitter in the classroom like that? Um, I have never thought about using Twitter. I graduated with, with a degree in physical education and I know many physical education teachers that do tweet regularly on Twitter. I just don't know if I would, but I can appreciate how our, how our professor this semester uses Twitter with us. I just don't know if I would use it in my own teaching. Um, I think it would depend on which grade I would be teaching. For me, I'm looking to become an art teacher. And if I was doing like elementary school or early middle school, I would say not just because one of their skill level and two of the whole, you know, um, internet world that it consists of. But for later education, like high school or late middle school, I think maybe. And what makes me say maybe is because of what I mentioned earlier about the article I read regarding the teacher having students look on there for trending artist work, which I think that's an interesting aspect. And that's the only one that I really think I would include in my teaching. But other than that, I don't think so. I feel the same way. Um, you know, I'm not for it and I'm not against it. Uh, this kind of brings me into the Megan Mallon podcast where, you know, they talk about digital literacy and privacy. If you bring, you know, social media and Twitter, whatever like that into the classroom at such a young age, you really need to teach digital literacy skills and digital citizenship skills so that these students can have the correct knowledge on how to properly and safely use these social media sites. I agree. Um, and that brings me to a question that I have for you both. When was the first time you were taught digital literacy? I know personally, I had computer classes throughout much of my schooling, but we really focused on more uh, games really like for mathematics and ELA we weren't necessarily taught digital citizenship and I feel that I really missed out on that I also um took well was given you know computer classes in elementary school but it really only focused on like typing skills and that's about it until I got to high school where we started doing more 
um, like research stuff, like how to find a good article and things like that. But I was never taught digital citizenship, like um, what should you say? What shouldn't you say on the internet? Um, what information should you share? And what information should you not give out? You know, cause your information can spread very far no matter what, like you don't really know where it's going. Um, so I think that really needs to be something that is taught at a younger age. Yeah, like you, Lauren, I my earliest digital literacy was just learning how to type on the computer. And that was basically in like a Word document. And that was, I would want to say, seventh grade. We didn't really learn about all that digital literacy entails until late high school-ish. Um, but we did learn at a younger age, I want to say elementary school, in the same way you would learn like good touch, bad touch or stranger danger when it's just like a quick lesson, maybe not even a period long that some teacher comes in and shares with you. And it really only really entailed that like the internet is not really a safe place. And once you post something, it's there forever and nothing's exactly private. And that's the only information at a young age that we received and I'm not sure as to now what they are teaching and how they are teaching it if it's changed or if they have the same kind of method but I do agree with you in which if this technology is keep growing I think we need to educate fully at a younger age yeah you mentioned the word private and privacy and I think that is where a lot of students and even teachers and just adults in general um, don't really know where to draw the line. I feel like they share too much information about themselves um, on the internet and it can be bad, but no one's really taught, you know, what to share, what not to share. You kind of just figure it out as you go. Um, have you guys ever experienced anything like that? I unfortunately had to learn through experience, um, like kind of at home watching my brothers and they're much older than me. So they were on social media way before me and I had to learn how to use it appropriately through their mistakes. And speaking of privacy, um, I was never really taught that at home in terms of like using my social media platforms responsibly. But then as I grew older and throughout college, especially earning my degree in education field, it was definitely pushed on us to be as private as possible and keep our pages private so students cannot find us. Or if they do, we have a page that is appropriate for them to view. Going off on your what you just said last on a page appropriate to view, I had a professor in college in my sculpture class that allowed us to follow her Instagram account, um, but only her artist account and not her personal account, which I thought was great. We got to see her work and how she does her exhibitions and see it through, you know, a professor's lens. And she would follow us, but only if we created our artistic account and kept it separate from our personal and that's the only, you know, way that we could connect on social media if we wanted to. And I just really appreciate how she drew that boundary and kept that separate in the academic field. 
when I was in high school, I had a teacher that um, would share his Instagram, Facebook, Twitter accounts with um, some students. He was uh, a basketball coach and a football coach at my school, and uh, he would share that information with his players. And, you know, people talk, people share things. So, you know, his accounts were getting around. And during class, he would uh, pull up his Twitter page for us to go through he was really big into sports and we did a lot of assignments relating to sports and stuff. So he would pull up like sports scores and um, player information and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, as he's scrolling through Twitter, there's things that, you know, people like that pop up that you don't want to see, you know, inappropriate stuff. And there were a few times that he was scrolling through Twitter and, you know, inappropriate things are popping up and he's shutting down his Twitter right away because of it. I'm like, I don't see the reason to be doing that in the middle of class. You know, you can just talk about these things or use better um, like websites that have the same information instead of using the Twitter account. Um, but like he ended up getting in trouble by the school because of sharing his um, personal accounts with students and stuff. And he was telling people that, you know, he'll accept their follow request when we're done with his class and all this weird stuff and I was like this isn't right um but me personally um I was always told to keep my accounts set to private so that you know people can't see them like just random people and I know a lot of people who keep their accounts public and they get just like random people messaging them and asking them for stuff and all these weird things and as you know a future teacher or anyone and most people don't know this but jobs look at your social media and try to find things out about you and colleges and everything so it's very important to keep your um, social medias private um one last thing i think you know we should touch upon uh you know we're talking about social media and twitter a lot um how would you use social media as a whole um, in the classroom? Or if you've, I know Brianna and I, we've done uh, student teaching. So how did you use social media if you did uh, in your student teaching experience? Or um, how did you see it being used in high school and college and stuff like that? When I was student teaching in physical education, we didn't use it very much at an elementary school level, but in high school, I definitely used lots of YouTube videos for demonstration purposes. And I also relied on YouTube a lot during uh, COVID because I was teaching re remotely and I was giving my practice lessons to my professors and my classmates over Zoom. So I would create my lessons on YouTube and then present it to my class. And I found that it worked really well how about you? When I was um, student teaching, I was in a sixth grade math class, and then I was in third grade general education class. Um, for my sixth graders, we did use a lot of YouTube videos, and I know um, that's a kind of uh, controversial topic, you know, is YouTube considered a social media platform? If you do search that, it does say it is a social media platform. However, me personally, I would not consider it to be social media. Um, but I did use YouTube videos um, a lot with my, both my student teaching placements. Um, you know, I used it as a 
tool to help um, my students. I definitely did not use it to replace any teaching. And that is a big thing that I was always taught. Um, you know, if you're going to use YouTube in your teaching, make sure you use it as a tool and not as a replacement for something you're trying to teach. Um, YouTube goes hand in hand with what you should be um, sharing with your students. So it should be something that is helping the topic or, and helping them learn more. Um, and it should never replace, you know, your teaching of a topic. And I think that's where some people um, mess up and just use YouTube to uh, fully take place of their teaching. Just to jump right back in. Um, yes, I totally agree with you. When I was using YouTube in person for demonstration purposes, I was always right alongside. We had a like roll-in TV into the gymnasium. I was always right alongside supporting the video and then rolling the TV away for a second and discussing that with my class before having them go and practice on their own. So that's how I used it as a tool personally. I haven't had the chance to student teach yet, but I was a teacher assistant and I am currently observing high school and elementary school classes. And what I've seen is the only use of social media would be YouTube, which personally, like Lauren, I don't think is considered social media, but that's like, you know, we can go into a whole wormhole with that. Um, but that's really the only aspect we did. And it wasn't in replacement to, you know, a lecture. It was side by side. Like a VR teacher would talk about Van Gogh and then show, you know, a educational fun video to get them more engaged about Van Gogh, for an example. Yeah, I think um, YouTube and all these other social medias and stuff could be used in a good way. Um, they just have to be used correctly. Um, and that's a big thing. Uh, I think teachers need to learn mainly how to properly and safely um, use these social medias and anything really in the classroom, use it safely for the students um, so that they are learning the best way they can. But I think that is all we have for today's podcast. Um, we hope you enjoyed our conversation on social media and education and thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.